Daniels, he's going to keep. He's going to walk into the end zone. Here comes one to the cup. Left-hand layup good. Kansas is the 2023 WNIT champions. This is the Jayhawker Podcast, presented by the University of Kansas Health System. Welcome to another edition of the Jayhawker Podcast. I am Greg Gurley, along with Wayne Simeon. Jayhawk Podcast brought to you by the University of Kansas Health System. We've had a bit of a hiatus. Haven't done one of these in a while, but thought it'd be good to, to get here, talk a little bit about April and May since we've been on and the massive changes that have happened to Kansas basketball. First of all, welcome back. I know we see each other a lot. You like the two hands on that right there with the firm? Oh, okay. Like horrible bosses, too, where they kind of (laughs) go, oh, nice touch. His arms are different than mine. Um, But uh, a lot has been happening. First off, I mean, what what have you been up to? You're just back to dad mode, shuttling around your five kids. I saw you in the garage today with one of your daughters coming here for volleyball. Yeah, that's right. Finished up the school year strong, uh, just like everyone kind of around – uh, the metro area finish up in a great way here on campus with uh, with the students walking down the hill. One of the most storied traditions in yeah. all of higher education. So so awesome. We had great weather uh, to be able to do that, and uh, went down to the lake for a little bit, Table Rock Lake, with the fam. Catch some fish. Uh, yep, catch some caught some fish and enjoyed that time you down took your there. Boat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did some fishing and now locked in for for June and July, and students getting back and. Camp's getting going, so, yeah, we're ready for the summer. We're going to talk a little bit about basketball, and then our guest, Brian Haney, my radio partner and the voice of the Jayhawks, who has his big event coming up next week, which is the Rock Chalk Round Ball Classic in its 15th year. Brian does an amazing job. We'll get into all that. It it, it almost – it does make me feel like I don't do much because of the <laughs> amount of time and effort that dude puts into it and all of his – well, he doesn't have a lot of free time, but he, he figures it out. But it'll be fun to have Brian with us to talk about a great cause that also selfishly benefits KU Athletics to where we get all these guys back. You know, you get Devontae and Svee and Greg Ostertag and sometimes Darnell Valentine and, and just you name it, they come back. And we get them to, you know, kind of come through here, see some folks. And it's it's always good to see that alumni come back. Yeah, it is. And, you know, we have different opportunities to do that during the season. Uh, like we just finished celebrating 125 years of Kansas basketball. But not everybody can make it back during the typical basketball season because we got guys playing overseas. we got guys involved uh, in, in the NBA. And so this summer event does provide uh, another uh, opportunity for our former players to be able to come back, not just to watch a game and see one another, but also to partner with uh, Brian Haney for an incredible cause and helping kids battling cancer. And quite honestly, it's better for you and me because we get more time with them. Because on a game day, you're doing stuff, I'm doing stuff. It's hard to really get some real time. So Thursday, we'll have the game, then we all go to 23rd Street Brewery, and you get to sit down and really talk with guys that you don't, ever see and that's what kind of gets lost in all this when it's again it's great to have guys come back but we're in the locker room we say hi what's up and you go on to the next guy you just it's just hard so this this the rock chalk round ball classic is is a gem for for our university for our city for our alumni and most importantly it helps out six kids and their family 
that are struggling with cancer that Brian uh, is able to help them financially. And, and, and it's got to be mentioned, 15 years. Like, that's a long time. Like, Crazy. you and I have been a part of, you know, different uh, philanthropic, you know, organizations and events like that. And, you know, maybe it gets to three years, maybe it's just a one year, but 15, 15 years, that is impressive. And four of those years he was living in Lubbock. So this is like the one time that I'll really pump up Brian Haney and, and be nice and not make fun of him or whatever. Like, yeah. But I say make fun of it. It's more of a, you know, when you're around somebody as much as you and I are around each other or as much as I'm around Brian, you do, you, you get that kind of locker room camaraderie where you're for kinda, sure. For that's sure. what people are like, are you guys really friends? Cause you sh sure are uh, uh, hard on him, but uh, it's, it's fun. And, and uh, uh, what he does is great. Um, before we get into next year's roster, let's talk about our NBA guy who's left Christian Brown. And I think the interesting stat that it's starting to get some, some some cred right now is four guys in the history of the NBA have accomplished what Christian could accomplish, winning a national title and then being a rookie in the NBA and winning an NBA finals. Can you name the four? Uh, I want to say – Two of which yeah, are, we'll go, are legends. We'll go Magic Johnson. Correct. We will go – I'll give you one that you're not going to get because I knew it because I was a Laker fan back then. It's Billy Thompson. Oh, okay. Played at Louisville. Okay. Was a was a bench yeah, player. Solid. Yeah, no, he was solid. Good player. So, yeah, Magic and Billy from the Lakers. Mm -hmm. uh, Who else? Go ahead and throw them out uh, Most uh, world championship, most NBA finals championships of any player ever. Kareem. Oh, Bill Russell. Bill Russell. But is Kareem one of those? Because I'm thinking you. Well, UCLA. Kareem won. Uh, well, he went to Milwaukee first, so he Kareem. didn't start out as, as a Laker. And then the other one is a little more difficult to get, but Henry Bibby played at UCLA. There's a UCLA guy for you. Yeah. So Mike Bibby's father, who unfortunately ended one of our uh, seasons, 1997. But it's Bill Russell, Mike Bibby, Magic Johnson, Billy Thompson. I'd love to see Christian's name added to that. That is an impressive, it shows impressive you how, list. It shows you how impressive it is that. You got to go all the way back to Bill Russell yeah. and the most recent yeah. one being Billy Thompson. Yeah. And I will say even more impressive for Christian Brown, like he is a legitimate contributor right. to the best team in the NBA. Like, you know, I, obviously I wasn't on a national championship team, but I was a part of an NBA world championship team my rookie year, but I didn't contribute nearly as much as Christian Brown is. Like he's a key, key factor. Him and Bruce in, Brown are like the first guys off the bench on the perimeter and yeah. they, and he, was in there and he had to guard Kevin Durant. He's had to he's had to do some things that you just don't see. There's no other rookies doing what he's doing, especially right now. So uh, props to Christian Brown. Uh, while, while we're talking about Christian, his brother Parker is one of the what is it six? How many new guys we got? I should know this. I know Bill was on a podcast the other day. He, he even got it wrong because he goes, yeah. I think we lost seven guys. And Jeff Goodman goes, well, it's actually eight. Hey, we'll bring another Brown <laughs> in here, man. Last time we had one, we ended up being national championships. Man, let's add one here to so this roster. as we kind of go through all the transfers, Parker, two years in Missouri, two years at Santa Clara. Uh, now he's he's we've got him. He's six foot nine. And, and that was several reasons to take Parker Brown, one of which is six foot nine, six ten, athletic. And after Zuby and Ernest's departure, we needed size. And, and Parker can shoot it. He's athletic. And he provides size. I mean, you got uh, – now we go to our another big guy, Hunter Dickinson. Uh, 
the number one player in the transfer portal by a lot of accounts. Seven foot one. He's got some big old feet on him, size 18s. Uh, skilled. Shot 40% from the three-point line last year. Not a guy we want to shoot a lot, but he can step out and hit that kind of trailer three. Yep. And, and, and that, you know, I don't like it as much because it takes a good offensive rebounder out of the block. But if you make 40% from a three-point line and you shoot two or three of them a game, I'll take that in a heartbeat. Yeah, I will too. It creates space for a lot of other right. people where we've seen uh, other instances where we've had a big that doesn't have the perimeter range and it allows the guy defending him to sag back in the lane, maybe even below the free throw line to kind of clog things up. Uh, for other other guys that like to, to to dribble penetrate, so I think that just even even if he doesn't come in and shoot a ton of threes, which I don't imagine he will in this in the system, it's like, two two and a half a game. That's that's I think that's a lot. That's a lot. Um, but I would have loved that. It, it'll create space because he's a capable shooter, and you're going to yeah. at least have to have a big up on. Yeah, him. you got to respect him, and that'll yeah. open up the lane, like you said. And Bill, since Doke's been gone, has kind of incorporated more of the four round one. And last year it was almost. Five round nine, I mean, it was KJ, but he loves the space, loves creating angles. And Hunter, the, the ability for Hunter to set a screen, and you got to decide, do you go with DeWan, do you go with Nick Timberlake, and let Hunter have a free run to the basket, which is why Ernest was so successful last year. you got to make a decision, and Coach Self is great at putting people in a position to have to make a decision quickly, and DeWan's the best reader of anyone in the country. And I think DeWan deserves a lot of credit just for being here, getting Hunter Dickinson. Hunter Dickinson even said it. He goes, I, I talk to DeWan Harris a lot. I love the way he plays. I love to have a point guard that is a pass first, second, and third guy <laughs> and maybe shoot it on the Every big would option. say that. <laughs> and so it's a dream come true for a guy like Hunter Dickinson. He's going to come in here. It's going to be a shock to his system. Bill's coaching style is, hey, you still got to earn it. You're the number one player in the portal. I'm going to tell you all the things you want to hear. But when you get here, you're going to do it my way. And it's going to be – not that Jawan Howard was I – mean, they, they definitely have different coaching styles. Yeah. It, it's, I think he wants to be coached, though. Well, I, I am excited, uh, obviously, about getting Hunter Dickinson and having a dominant big, a 20-10 and 10 guy uh, be back down in the paint. Uh, I'm equally as excited that he's coming from a program and a conference that values toughness, rebounding, yeah. and, and defense. We saw – how well Kevin McCuller was a plug-and-play transfer guy Perfect. because he came from an environment that was very similar here. Play hard yeah, and defense. Very similar. Remy, we love Remy. Helped us win a national championship. But the learning curve was a little steeper for him <laughs> because the culture and the expectations were significantly different. But everyone's going to have Arizona amnesia State. with, with, with <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. They're going to forget about for sure. all the things yeah, that yeah, happened yeah, for in sure. November. The run, the little, yeah, the little March run well, was fantastic. But as we're talking about someone that's yeah. easier to plug and play, and I think this is going to be important for our fans to consider in the portal error, is that as we're looking and evaluating different guys in the portal, fit is going to be important as well. Because if you bring in a guy – that, again, doesn't come from a model that values defense, hard work, gritty, toughness like Coach Self does, it almost takes as much effort to help those guys unlearn the way they had been playing for two to three years at another school yeah. as it does to have to teach them to learn how to play the Kansas way. And I, think, great I think Hunter might be ahead of the curve because of 
Big Ten. Jawan Howard has a measure of that, and so hopefully that'll accelerate his transition to being well, a Jayhawk. You couldn't have drawn a better parallel than Remy Martin and Kevin McCullough because he had three years at Arizona State, yeah. had to learn Bill's ways. Kevin played for Beard and Mark Adams, who are defense and basketball IQ and play hard. So plug and play. We're talking about transfers, but Kevin, not the most important guy, but he's probably the second most important. He won at least four games for us defensively yeah. in late game situations. Exactly. At least four. And then and, and that's defense. Yeah. Uh, I remember that what was it, the uh, NC State or the Wisconsin game, he makes a three to go to overtime. The Texas Tech game here at home, he wanted the ball more, won that game for us. So Kevin coming back, not only you get a guy that you don't have to worry about. Bill Bill won't yell at him in practice because he always does the right thing. But with three returning guys, you need a locker room guy. And this is not a knock on Dewan Harris. He's a great leader, but he's a leader by example. He's not the most vocal guy. KJ, leader by example, not the most vocal guy. Kevin can run this locker room. He can... He can see what Ochai did two years ago. He can see what Jalen did last year. He knows how to control this team and run this team. Bill can go to Kevin and be like, hey, do this, this, or this, talk to the guys, and it's done. If Kevin didn't come back, I don't know who that guy would have been. I would consider Juan to be in a security blanket. Kevin is in that category for me as well. For sure. In a lot of ways, on the court, off the court, uh, experience, leadership, all those type of things. So it was a huge, huge get uh, for him to return, which I think elevates Kansas even uh, several more notches up into being a legitimate national champion contender. So let's talk about some of the other guys. Uh, Nick Timberlake was the first one to really sign up. Uh, transfer from Towson, about 6'6", can really shoot it. I've watched some film on him. He's bouncy. He can get a shot off quick. Plug and play. He's going to come in there like a Grady Dick, and be that shooter. He can get it off quick. He knows how to play because he's been around, albeit at Towson. No, no, don't, don't, don't let that name fool you because a lot of people, and I'm hearing that uh, when, when he initially signed, like, Towson, we got a guy from Towson coming in? Okay, let's, let's not forget that we peeled a guy from who was committed to Towson years ago player who ended up becoming National Player of the Year in Frank Mason. Right. So, so we've, we've got some Towson good history. Towson can hit dudes and – we had to beat out with the likes of UConn to be able to get Which Nick Timberlake Which is 80 miles here. from his hometown. 80 miles from his hometown, and they're defending national champions. So don't let the name on the resume of his previous school right. maybe and, uh, and dilute what you think this kid is capable of and because I think he's the, elite. I think the public is starting to see it the way you just said because it used to be when you and I were coming up, it was Michigan and Duke and Carolina. Those are the guys that put people in the NBA – it's not that way anymore. It's guys that started at Towson or at Grand Valley State or whatever. Go to an NBA roster and look at some of the schools that these guys came from. It, it, a lot of Blue Bloods, no question about it, but there's a lot of other ones That's that true. you've never heard of. I used to be great at this and be able to pick, like, well, that guy went here, here, and here. Now it's really hard because they a lot of movement. But it, it doesn't. if you can play, you can play, yeah. and people will find you. It reminds me of, uh, I think, about someone in our league – Adam Flagler, yeah. who's been a thorn in our side yes. at Baylor for years. Presbyterian. Started out at Presbyterian. I don't even know what, where that is. <laughs> I don't know either. It's like that other school yeah. I'd never, Incarnate Word. I didn't even know. Oh, that's in San Antonio. You knew that? Yeah. Okay. 
I didn't know that. I didn't even know it's what that was. because I saw a sign when we've been down there for Final Fours. Oh, I'm kind of worried. It's like, it's like some, they beat somebody, or there's been the New Jersey technical. There's schools all over the place that put guys out. Yeah. So, uh, uh, But Nick Timberlake's a guy that I'm excited to see. Here we are, the last day of May, filming this. This weekend, all of our guys will show up. There's there's one or Moving two. Day. It's Friday. Got yeah, some guys moving in there's one or two guys that can't be here till later. I think one of which, I think Parker Brown won't be here till later. He had to, because he's graduating from Santa Clara, but a few others. But everyone's basically going to be here. And and you and I have gone over to practice before all this happened. And, you know, it was, the practices weren't much because there weren't many guys left. Jalen Grady and Kevin were all gone. And it was basically. And we were even scratching our heads thinking, we don't even have a team. We can't even feel the team right now. What are we going to do? This is no offense and to Wilder and uh, <laughs> Jank. And the, but, but you go to practice, and that's who it was. But it's so funny, and it just feeds it's into the theme. Feeds into the theme that Bill Self does not rebuild. He reloads. You and I are out all the time talking to people, and, 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 and I got so many of this, and I'm sure you did as well. Like, God, what are we going to do? And my answer was always, all right. This is going to be his 21st year at Kansas. What in the past 20 years <laughs> makes you think that we're not going to be okay? I mean, we've been a, a one seat. I think it's at one point 11 out of 17 years or 10 out of 17 years. A one seat. That's not Coach K. That's not Roy Williams. That's not Calipari. I mean, it's crazy. So reload happens every year. He figures it out. It's different now because you got to do it with transfers. It used to be. Probably, it probably used to be harder. Uh, it'd be an interesting question for him. Is it harder? Was it harder in 09 to replace that, replace everybody when there really wasn't the ability to just go pluck? Ooh, don't answer that because we're going to have him on here in a couple couple episodes, and that'll be a great question for him to, him to chime in on. So you don't want me to answer it because mm -mm. Bill and I will have the same answer? <laughs> I don't yes. know if that's, yeah, that's Your accurate. answer might be better. All right, yeah. so we've gone over Nick Timberlake, gone over Hunter Dickinson, gone over – uh, obviously, Kevin McCullough, Parker Brown, Arterio Morris, uh, a guy that was a top 20 recruit. Uh, we didn't get, he goes to Texas. You get a seasoned guy uh, that knows the Big 12, albeit that's like Kevin McCullough, uh, athletic, didn't, you know, playing at Texas last year, you had, you had Hunter, you had uh, Marcus Carr, you had uh, uh, Rice. So you had a lot of guys fighting for time. Mm -hmm. So we didn't see, even though we played Texas three times last year, I didn't really get to see Arterio a whole lot on what he can do. Athletic, quick, quick twitch, can shoot it, but never really showed it simply because of the lineup. But I'm really excited to see Arterio. Yeah, and, and he's he's one of our, our transfer guys that uh, I'm a little more curious about. We've seen how we've been able to deal with the top player coming out of the portal, whether it's a Remy Martin, Hunter Dickinson, We've seen what a player like Kevin McCullers looked like, who's been at a place four years, had some experience. You know, I mean, he, he went to a Final Four at Texas Tech. Right. Uh, came here to play alongside Jalen Wilson and to, uh, to win a Big 12 championship. We haven't had a guy like this in the portal where Arterio Morris coming out, top 20 player in high school, yeah. really, really talented. Freshman year maybe didn't materialize the, the way that he thought and is looking for a new opportunity, not being the number one player in the portal, but also not having a ton of experience. And so this might, out of the, the grand scheme of at least what we've been exposed to portal-wise, is a scenario that we haven't seen that's got my attention. And so I kind of want to see how this plays out 
uh, a little bit, but but obviously a, a really, really talented guy. Uh, you, you don't end up at a place like Texas. You don't end up top 20 at a high school if you can't play. And so it'll be interesting to see what that transition's like for him uh, coming to be a Jayhawk. Got four freshmen as well. Uh, the one guy I'm really excited about, just simply because I've watched some film, haven't done a whole lot on the other guys, but El Marco Jackson. He's a, to me, looks like he's about 6'3", athletic, big body, quick bounce. Not a, didn't appear to be a great three-point shooter, but a guy that seems like a bigger Frank Mason that can kind of bully you a little bit, uses athleticism, create opportunities for himself and others, and just a guy that is strong with the ball. Yeah, yeah, and that group of four freshmen coming in, of course, we got one that's a McDonald's All-American. We've got some other guys that are highly touted and could be role players coming in early to learn and grow. I'm a little more gun-shy probably on freshmen coming in this year at this point uh, because I want to see them go through hard things. Yeah. Uh, and one of the things that I think that's really going to serve us well to that Puerto Rico trip, all right, yeah. and I'm sure people saw that on our schedule, the team's going to be going to Puerto Rico in early August. That is not a vacation. All right, that is not just, hey, let's go someplace fun so uh, the guys can enjoy it. That has as much strategy in scheduling as the non-con does or the preseason tournaments. And uh, the timing is perfect. Perfect. Got three yeah. guys coming back. You get 10 to 12 extra practices, like real practices that you can go. Remember, I, I look back to Italy. I look back to uh, uh, the time that they were able to go to Korea, uh, South Korea, and play in the World University Games. Those practices – were huge. Then you get go on a plane. You, you're there for eight days. You're in hotel rooms. Team, you get a little sense of, of camaraderie. The guys get to know each other. They're all going to be here. But then when you actually go and you're uh, essentially a man on an island, it's just Kansas basketball and about fifty of us. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm not treating it as a vacation, but I'll be on the beach a lot. I don't know. I'll send you some pics. Yeah, I'll no, keep my shirt. No, on. no, no. Keep keep the pics, but just send me the updates from the team. I, but, I'll but, appreciate that. But it is uh, uh, perfect timing because you're going to play against men. You're going to play against pros, and they're going to get beat up, and they're going to hopefully get knocked down a notch. We're going to a preseason number one, all the press clippings and all that. But it's a perfect trip at a perfect time yeah it really is and you know they get a chance to work out once they get here in june and july the eight hour rule is in effect so it's not full-blown practices but but the, the extra practice time the extra exposure yeah. uh, that they're going to get to coach self to the system with one another uh during that time in august is going to be really valuable especially for those freshmen we have coming in yeah and, and you know the freshman is, is something that is going to be an interesting dynamic as we move forward because you know, we saw it last year. We had, a, we had a really good freshman class, but now two of them have left because they didn't get the type of time they were expecting, or at least their people were expecting. So it, it'll be an interesting year because of when you get old and stay old or you just get old, that kind of pushes you down the line. But it's going to be some of the most competitive practices ever, which is what Bill and his staff love to see. Yeah, and that's something that really helps to develop everyone, right? Uh, it helps to be able to develop your veterans in, in their minutes as they're having to go against uh, legitimate competition every day. And then also helps develop those younger guys yeah. uh, that might not be seeing uh, significant minutes uh, on the court in Allen Fieldhouse, but they're having to really push and stretch themselves and develop 
going against some of the best guys in the country. I mean, how much did that play a factor for you? I know that was a factor for me, you know, having to go against Nick Collison and Drew Good yeah. every single day. When I stepped on the court, there wasn't going to be any better guys no. that I was going to go against because because they're there. And, you know, that's one of the disappointing things you think and about. that's coming from a McDonald's All-American. I'm entirely different because I was a, basically a nobody. I played behind Rex Walters and Steve Woodbury and Jared Haas. And I was just scrounging for minutes, having to do what I could do to get my eight to 12 minutes a game. But this is coming from a guy who's similar situation to what we have coming in. These are all much highly regarded guys. And they're going to be, they need to show patience. But the difference between you and the era you played in, 2000 to 2005, people had patience. Did you ever? Think about transferring? Well, I mean, the portal wasn't wide open, you know. So but did that ever enter your mind? Because, but you're like, I'm playing yeah. behind Nick Collison. I'm playing behind real guys. Yeah, no, that that wasn't the case. I think that's one of the more disappointing things as we think about some of the guys that moved on, is they're missing out on that opportunity to develop in that way, and it's going to be a reality for them the rest of basketball. If you want to play at a high level, if you want to be a pro at any level whether overseas, G League, NBA, they are going to bring people in over you every single year. They're going to bring in a new draft pick. They're going to bring in a free agent at your position, and they're going to want to see, hey, is this guy going to hunker down and compete, or is he going to look for greener pastures and move on? And that's something that we're going to have to deal with and navigate uh, in this this portal era, hopefully we'll get some reins on it and get it figured out. We're learning, we're growing, and all those types of things. But but I will say I'm excited about the guys we have here. It's a little disappointing seeing some transitions that we've had move on, both on the men's and women's side yeah. as well. Right. Um, but, uh, you know, we'll just see how, how it all plays out. Well, it's the age old. Do you, do you prepare the kid for the road or do you prepare the road for the kid? Well, at the end and, of the day, yeah, you really want – the players that want to – you want to coach the players that well, want to be here, right? right? But to your point, you're not just going to find this – This you know, whether you go to, say, a, a like program like Kansas, a Duke, Carolina, a Kentucky, or whatever. You don't think those guys are going to recruit over you or in addition to you, and they're going to roll the ball. The reason they're great is because they have guys. And so do you want a year with a guy, and then the next year that, – that's why – I was frustrated with some of our guys that left. Part of the barrier for certain guys was Jalen, Grady, and Kevin, right? And two of the three are gone. You would think a competitive person would be like, all right, the barriers that I had are gone. Now this is my time to shine. But instead, what do you do? You go try to find greener pastures. We don't know if they're going to be greener. Kid doesn't know. You're going to find out it's part of being an adult. You make a decision, and if it doesn't work out, you got no one to blame but yourself, right? Yeah, that's true. how you parent. That's how I parent. We do the same thing with our kids, right? Yeah. You're gonna you're gonna just say, well, that class was hard. Just drop it, and we'll transfer to another school. No, you say, hey, study harder, figure it out. I'm not gonna figure it out for you, right? I and mean, that's how you do it, right? Sure. Yeah. And there are lots of variables out there. I like the guys in our pasture right now, but man. It was an a, a interesting, interesting spring. But I will say, as we think about Coach Self's press conference, right, the first time that we heard from him uh, since his, uh, his episode uh, during the Big 12 tournament, we all knew how good that was, 
how energized he sounded, how good he looked physically. Um, when we think about the work that he had to do during the spring, right. that validates what we saw from that press conference. Yeah. It wasn't tongue-in-cheek. It wasn't, oh, Coach had picked his best day that he would feel his best to have a press conference to show people that he's energized and feels good. He actually went out and proved it by how hard he worked, he and his staff, in April and May. April and May is usually a time where things maybe kind of calm down a little bit. Those guys were busting it on the road, trying to get those spots filled from the portal. And I think that is just a a key, key testament that what we saw from that press conference is manifesting in a tangible way by what he was able to accomplish uh, during during the portal. Well, I'm glad you brought him up because uh, the last two or three weeks we've Coach and I have had several fundraising meetings and, and doing some different things. And, and he's told some of the people we're with that he's reinvigorated. Like, like I, I, I was texting him when all this stuff was going on. Like, I, I said some colorful language. I go, will you have a press conference and tell people that you're coming back? Because I was sick and tired of hearing from <laughs> people over here and people over there that had a source <laughs> this guy's a big donor and this guy's a big donor and Bill's going to retire. And I'm like, I go, would you please have a blankety blank press conference and tell everybody that you're coming back? Cause I know you're coming back. And when he did it, it was awesome. And he, he handles it better than anybody's. He's, he's so good at the, with the media and, and then, but it wasn't just for our fan base. It was for the transfers out there that he had to get They're probably, and their parents are probably like, all right, Kansas is calling you big part of the reason we're going to go to Kansas is because of Bill Self. And if there was some uncertainty there, we ain't even going to take a visit. But that press conference was huge. He, uh, we, we played golf twice now in the last three weeks. He's still awful at golf, but he's 100%. He's healthy, so no worries there. That's good. Um, but we're excited. Uh, like Wayne said, uh, over the next upcoming months, uh, you and I are be going to Vegas for summer league to connect with some of our former players that are going to be involved in the summer league. We're going to watch the NBA finals start tomorrow night and root on the Denver Nuggets. Draft coming Unless, up. I guess yeah. you're a Heat guy. Are you going to root for your old team or are you going to root for Christian? You know, uh, there's a Jayhawk on the other team. And for the reasons you mentioned about Christian being on that short list, of guys that have Pretty done cool. that, man, I, I gotta go with right. uh, I gotta go that's, with Christian Brown in uh, right in that way. It was tough. It was easier last uh, series with Aaron Miles on the bench. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he and I were were, were uh, shooting some banter and some commentary back at back at one another there, and uh, it's cool to see the the Heat overachieve and and still cheer for them and things like that. But I think I'm gonna go with CB on this one. This is the Jayhawker podcast brought to you by the University of Kansas Health System, the President Hotel in downtown Kansas City, Power and Light District, and Black and Veatch. Rock Chalk will be back with the voice of the Jayhawks, Brian Haney. I had this patient. His cancer treatment had him in the hospital for a while. One day. He was telling me about his grandson and how a big night was coming up for him. So we arranged to make it a big night for my patient too. I sometimes wonder if I'm doing all I can. Then I help make a moment like this possible, and I know I am. Back here on the Jayhawker podcast with the voice of the Jayhawks, my radio partner, Brian Haney. All caps, T-H-E. Yes. <laughs> the voice. The voice. 
Jayhawker Podcast brought to you by the University of Kansas Health System. Brian is here just to kind of shed a little light on something that is his uh, real passion project. Uh, and before we get to that, kind of, you know, everybody knows Brian. Everybody knows how good of a guy he is. But I don't think people realize how much this guy does. Basketball games, football games, Hawk Talks for football and basketball. When basketball season's over, baseball. And he never says no to anybody except me, I guess, at times when I ask him <laughs> to do stuff. But but Brian donates his time to any charity that asks him. He never – I've, I've actually – at times on the road, like, yeah, I know what you're going to do on a Sunday and it's something for a, for a charity. I'm like, dude, you need to take some time off, but <laughs> he is a giver. He gives up his time and everything. And so welcome Thanks, to the buddy. podcast. Uh, at Wayne and I are excited to talk a little bit about the rock chalk round ball classic. Thank you, buddy. Thanks for that intro. This is fun for me. These are two of my original broadcast partners going back to rock chalk wow. sports talk back yeah. in the day. Yeah. We used to have so much fun. And then obviously last seven years with treats on the Jayhawk network but thank you for having me and thanks for the platform to talk about round ball as you said we've been doing this for 15 years which doesn't seem possible going back to 2009 but uh, to see the way it's grown and to see the way our former student athletes like you two guys have latched onto it and are giving back from their position of influence means the world to so many and it's been able to raise some life-changing dollars for these families and as you look at at me and my body how it's it's a horrible horrible look uh 15 years ago, I played, I think, you did two or three times. It just wasn't worth it for me uh, as far as injuring my knee or getting dunked on by <laughs> athletic current players or for, real soon-to-be former players. And I'm like, I'm now going to either coach or now I have the perfect role. I get to broadcast the Rock Chalk Round Ball Classic. That's right. Make fun of all my friends <laughs> that look like me. Now, there's a lot, you know, the Ben McLemore, everybody can run and run and run. But there's also a lot of tubby people like me that, that go out and play. And perfect scenario to give me a mic and make fun of those who try. Which you're fabulous at. Yes. So we're so glad you're there coming back. Uh, Danny Welniak, Scott Reese, and Marlia Campbell helping on that statewide telecast with the great Greg Gurley. And uh, Big Dub was one of our head coaches last year. He's going to be helping with the dinner this year. It's did a, you win last year? We did win. We did so win. Go, go through your team that won it last year. Ah. Who were the stars? Give me – you know what? I don't. I don't remember. It's usually about three guys that dominate. It's yeah, usually right. Mario Little, Ben McLemore, Devonte, uh, somebody that is in yeah. shape and they can right. run. And the scores are usually 150 to 148. Well, it's that's like a, how much little coaching I had to do is because right. the <laughs> roster was so robust. I just remember uh, enjoying uh, seeing one of your former teammates, Greg Ostertag. Yeah, who's uh, going to be back? Right? Yes, he he's the yeah, head coach. Get this out year. there, and you know, Brian, you gave. Greg and I credit for being a part of this for such a long time. It's way too much credit because we're local guys and we can just go down the street and show up. But we've got former Jayhawks that come across the country uh, that rearrange their summer schedules just to be here. And I know there's a lot of effort on your part and, and the credibility not only for Kansas basketball but also uh, this event. And so talk a little bit about – the effort that some of these guys are making uh, to be able to be here for the, the greater cause of, of helping these kids with cancer. Well, so grateful for that effort. And that's really when our game kind of took on a different trajectory. The very first game in 2009, we just pulled from guys in the Kansas City, Lawrence, and Topeka areas, and we had some pretty humble rosters of maybe 16 total guys, eight on each side, 
$5 tickets, $1 hot dogs. <laughs> Didn't make a whole lot of money that summer, but we realized that there was interest from some of these current NBA players to come back if we could just get them here. And so when we convinced the board, I think in year four or five, to buy some plane tickets to get guys back, they were willing to come if we could just get them there. And they saw it as kind of a, an annual summer reunion to get back together in the name of a great cause, yeah. but also see Coach Self, come to Allen Fieldhouse, have a good time with their KU brethren, and it kind of became an annual summer staple. But you're absolutely right. I mean, we've got several guys that as soon as they're done with their basketball overseas, they're trying to see if the calendar lines up to get all the way back to Lawrence, Kansas, or in the case of Devontae or Sfi or somebody like that, no matter where they're at in the NBA that previous season, this is on the calendar year in and year out, and we're so grateful you know, the guys like Wayne Simeon or Cole Aldrich or Ben McLemore, who year in and year out have had a heart for this cause, not just in the month of June when we do the game, but if we have a kid that's going through chemotherapy and, and he's up against a major surgery coming up, I can shoot a text to any one of those guys, Devontae as well, and they'll send me a selfie video to pump up that kid before he heads in. Uh, to face something that seems pretty daunting to anybody, let alone an eight-year-old. So that's the type of heart that uh, these men and women, because we do have KU women's players as well, have for this cause and giving back. And for me, as, as the event director, it's some of the most rewarding stuff every year is seeing some of these former student-athletes recognize the position of influence that they still have to give back from, even 20 or 30 years removed from their career. And I know you as, as a person of faith and a life in ministry, and it's, it's neat to see guys understand the gifts they've been given and the ability to turn those back around and, and give to others in need. And so that's been so cool. And I think, I think you would agree, you both probably would. The game's fun, but as Dub just said, we can't even remember who was on the team. Maybe Jeff Graves hit the game winner, but the thing you always remember is when we line up those 40 or 50 players yeah, and we turn off the lights and we play the Chicago Bulls serious music that Jordan and Pippen used to come yeah. out to, and the PA guy gets on the mic Usually Eric Danielson or Hank Booth this year. We have Brian McKiernan who does the women's games. He'll say, at guard, standing in at two feet, four inches tall, a six-year-old from Topeka. And, and the kid gets celebrated like they are the star of the night because you know what? They are. Really are. They really are. And, and that's the best part. Whatever happens in the 40 minutes to follow, so be it. But those intros, when you have the tunnel formed by all these All-Americans, and then here come these brave kiddos, that's the best part of the whole weekend. You know, the other thing, you mentioned it, having all these guys back is, is so cool, their ability to give back. But they look at it, like you said, as a reunion. It's a reunion for, for Wayne and I to see some guys we don't see very often, and you get them back here. But I think if you really ask Devontae or Svee or any of these guys that are in the NBA, they miss it. They miss being in Lawrence, because you don't ever get treated like if you're in the NBA, you make a lot of money, it's cool and all that. You don't get treated like you do here. And they love coming back. And I, I've almost noticed that a lot of guys don't necessarily know who you and I are. They know we're the guys that have headset on and we talk, whatever, but they don't really know us. Right. Some do, some don't. But they come back and they're like, they, they love they, uh, just to see a familiar face yeah. Yeah. because Wayne, you were in the NBA. It's just not the same. And when they come back, they, they, they love to give back, but they love feeling the love. It's absolutely true. I mean, I can remember being in, in Miami and no one thinks you're a big deal. Even if you play for the heat, even right. in our championship year, cause you got JLo over here, you got Will Smith over there, you got Dante Culpepper and a whole bunch of other, uh, all-stars and, and celebrities. And so when guys get a chance to come back here, 
uh, not only for the camaraderie, not only for a good cause, but to just feel uh, the the love and appreciation and energy for what they uh, what they were a part of here in Kansas basketball. It's something that really magnetizes and draws guys yep. back, uh, at least for for one weekend in the summer. Yeah, and you can benefit from that. I mean, it's obviously for charity, but they, they get a little you know they get a little uh, pumped up themselves just to come back and help. But talk about the specifics. The game is next Thursday, June eighth. June eighth. Friday, June 9th is the dinner. Mm-hmm. And then Saturday you do a bowling. So this isn't just a game. This is a three-day event. Talk about some of the specifics, how people can be involved, how they can buy tickets. Yeah. If they can't make it, how can they give money? What can, Is there a silent auction? Just kind of go through everything. Absolutely. Well, the dinner's almost sold out, but uh, I think there's maybe one table left as of today at rockchalkroundballclassic.com. We still have six or seven bowling teams, and the bowling's a lot of fun because you'll have a celebrity on each lane, and that's an event for all ages, so you could buy a team and have your kids and, and your buddies out there. But you bowl one game, and then you switch – celebrities with whoever's on the lane next to you. So you might get Greg Gurley for game one, Wayne Simeon for game two, vice versa. And and that's the way it works. But it's really cool interaction. And, and I would say that of all the events that, that we do as, as KU basketball supporters and alumni and all that, there probably aren't many like this where you get the quality FaceTime with your former hero. I mean, I can't, I've got two people on my round ball board whose favorite Jayhawk of all time is Wayne Simeon. And they just love it that they get a chance Wayne's to – parents. <laughs> we would love them to serve on the board actually but no um, but we we uh we, you wouldn't believe the comments we get about how oh my gosh I got to spend five minutes talking to Big Dub and he was so genuine and sincere and that's the experience you yeah. get with the bowling and also the dinner the Friday night dinner there'll be a different celebrity at every table and then we put five guys up on stage and they tell the untold stories of KU basketball which is always a ton of fun last year I thought it was fun you brought up Greg Ostertag a teammate of mine we played all four years together and he hadn't come back a lot, but he came back yeah. for this last year. And that was probably the first time in a decade or so. Yeah. And he was great up on stage. Because so Greg fun. can be, you know, he, he's goofy, he's fun, but he got really sincere and talked about how cool it was. And we all we all think it was cool, but you just never really yep. heard it from Greg. And I thought you had Greg up there, you had Tyshawn, Sharon, say uh, Mario. Mario wasn't last year. It was okay, but, but Bill but, was up there. He was great, and then you were the master of ceremonies, guiding a lot of the questions that yeah. led to some hilarity. It's a ton of fun. It's and, so much fun, yeah. and I wish I, I can't be there Friday or Saturday. But uh, looking forward to the game again. The, the broadcast is cool because then you know while you're doing it, you kind of forget stuff. But then when you go home and catch it on TV, it's fun just to kind of reenact and reengage with a lot of these guys. Well, and and where else ever? you have a, a format where you could see Darnell Valentine throw a half-court alley-oop to Ben McLemore. Yeah, generations. And, and, right, you yeah. spend multiple Darnell playing? Not this year, but he's played in previous years. He's, he's the oldest Jayhawk he's to ever amazing. play in a game. Yeah. Uh, McLemore has the most famous alley-oop in round ball history, but it wasn't the one Darnell threw him. If I can tell you my favorite story real fast, yep. we had a kid, gosh, it's been about 10 years ago now, named Levi Ross who sadly passed away, but he, he had a terminal diagnosis at the age of 18, and he told us when we picked him for the game that his dying wish was to take a drive down Highway 1 down the California coastline, and that he appreciated being a part of the game, but, but realistically he just really wanted to do that with his best friend before he passed away. And so I called Miles Schneer at Crown Automotive, who for 15 years has donated our half-court shot to win a car contest, and I said, hey, how do you feel about rigging this contest? And he says, what? What are you talking about? I'm like, well, here's the situation. 
And uh, what we didn't know about Levi was, based on the location of his tumor, he wasn't able to attempt any kind of shot outside of maybe 15 feet. So we thought, how cool would it be, since this event is all about players teaming up to support these young kids, if he got to pick a player of his choice to team up with and throw an alley-oop. So we act like we're drawing names out of a, out of a jar or ticket numbers or whatever, but we actually draw Levi Ross's name. And, and he, he has this daunting look on his face, like, how am I going to shoot from half court? And we said, why, why don't you shoot from a three-point line? You know what? Why don't you scoot even closer? Get up to the free-throw line. I'll tell you what. Why don't you pick somebody to throw an alley-oop to? And if you complete the alley-oop, you win the car. He picked Ben McLemore. That's the right one to choose, right, that's right. for sure. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, they, they both could have done it. But he chose Ben, who at the time was playing with the Sacramento Kings. He fires down a rim rock and alley-oop finish. It makes it all the way to Sports Center as, as the number three play of the night. And, and Levi got the car, and he got his trip to California. And it was pretty special. So Well, so, so many memories. And, and I think we can't stress enough, and I'll do it in the broadcast, but 2009 – you were here yep. in Lawrence, but what people don't realize, four of the years that you ran this game, you didn't live here. You lived in Lubbock, Texas. You were working for Texas Tech. And so the amount of time and resources and just personal capital that Brian and his board uh, get out there to, to make this happen and raise money is just, I, I don't know how else to describe it other than it, it's monumentally huge for these kids and their families. And just for us to be a small, small part of it, but but Brian deserves all the credit. I almost feel in, in, in inferior because of he he does so much, and and I don't think it gets noticed. So please understand at the amount of, of time and effort, and, and and really again your time because you're the busiest dude in the world because you say yes <laughs> no. to everybody, and it almost makes me feel I don't know about you, but like when I. I don't do something. He, he's usually the one that does it. Yeah, I got no problem saying no because I know usually Brian's <laughs> yeah, going to come, uh, <laughs> come, come and save the day. But you talked about one of your favorite moments, and uh, one of mine was last year, and it was a way that you w were able to honor one of your longtime title sponsors, uh, McDonald's and, and yeah. Tom and Marilyn Dobsky, where, yes. you know, one of the unique uh, things about this place is that we draw the best high school talent and the best high school talent is most notably McDonald's All-Americans. Right. And so uh, last year, I remember uh, you bringing up all the, the, the former McDonald's All-Americans and kind of gathering around the Dobsky family who, uh, you know, are obviously significant players in uh, the McDonald's uh, organization uh, here in Lawrence, but also all across Kansas yep. City and the Kansas area uh, to be able to honor them. And they have been anchor partners and sponsors yeah. for this event as well. And so uh, honor and, and, and highlight some of uh, those types of people that have been, you know, key sponsors and, and helping make this happen as well. Thank you for saying that. That was a fun moment because I, th I think we're up to 51 McDonald's All-Americans all time here. And we had 10 or 11 of them that night in Lawrence. And it was one of those kind of moving moments where Tom looked around and he saw Wayne Simeon to his left and, and here's Yudoka and Sharon to his right. He says, you know what? I'm going to double my donation right there on the spot. He, like, whispers in my ear, just double that. And it's, that's kind of what happens when you get a body of people with, with a heart for the cause like that together and, and you get that type of momentum in the room. But I mentioned Miles Schneer from Crown. He's been a part of it from the very beginning. 
Brandon Graham with Jefferson's has been instrumental. His wife actually serves on our board. We're so grateful to have Andrew. Those parties Graham. usually at 23rd Street 23rd Brewery. Brewery. We're yep. Go and yep. Shut it down. Players and, only party. Yeah. Now that that's out here on the podcast, <laughs> people are going to sneak out. But no, that's that's a good night. It'll and help Matt, Matt out. It'll help our guy Matt out over there. So Matt some, has donated that every single year. Yeah. 15 straight years. Oh, we take that. advantage. Yeah, <laughs> we take advantage. Yeah, top shelf, <laughs> everything. Uh, we had one guy last year ordered like three steaks to go. He didn't even stay. He's like, yeah, the whole family. You want to name Matt that guy? Got it. No, no. no, you're not going to throw it out Who there. looks like he's had three steaks? <laughs> <laughs> but no, no. Um, but no, those are great examples. Johnny's Tavern in recent years has become a presenting sponsor of our dinner. So we're so grateful to the Renfro family and everybody over there. And, uh, you know, people that have been there from the very beginning, like Terry Jacobson of Printing Solutions, they donate all of our printing of the, the jerseys and the, and the posters and the tickets. This year we have a new jersey partner that we'll promote online later. But it's, uh, it's exciting to see people that, you know, the players give of their talents and, and their star power. But other people have other gifts to yeah. give. You know, with Greg, it's, it's the broadcasting. You're giving your celebrity presence on Friday night, which we're so grateful for. But then there's these businesses that give of their resources too, and it wouldn't be possible without it. Royal Crest Lanes for three straight years has given us completely free bowling to, to make sure we don't have any costs up front and maximize the amount of donations. And so we really appreciate them. As well. I think what we'll do here on our, on our pod, we'll, we'll get the website and yes. put it up there. So, yes. Because there's so many people that will be involved personally and physically but people watching this podcast that just want to give back that aren't going to make the game or the dinner can get on your website and give back. And let's try to, you know, the, the, all of this is fun talking about it, but it's it's about the five families or the five kids that you honor every – is it five? It's going to be six this year. Six this year, okay. The sixth man. Um, okay. But we call it the starting five, and then this year in our 15th yeah. year, the sixth man. And this is kind of cool. I don't think we've talked about this very many places and. I'm hoping Big Dub and Greg will help me with this because you guys genuinely are as good a player ambassadors as we have in connecting with the other players. But what we're going to do is we're going to set aside another piece of the pie that becomes a year-round benevolence fund. And then um, September through May, we're going to pick a different kid each of those nine months, and they'll get to sit with a Wayne Simeon or Greg Gurley-type player at a game, whether it's KU football, basketball, or baseball, and then they'll receive a $5,000 check at the end of the night. So they get that FaceTime and experience with the former KU star, and they get money. And these are not kids in the starting five. They're kids that were finalists but didn't make it. Mm. Um, so we'll be able to benefit, you know, a dozen more kids by the time yeah, it's all said and done. And, love. And, and also give them that experience. Because, again, it's, it's about connecting with the KU stars that they love so much. Well, we, Wayne and I just got done talking about this new roster. Yeah. Uh, I mean – uh, three guys coming back. Three. We've never seen it before. Yeah. We've had times where all five starters go away. We've had to replace them, but this is crazy, and it's the way college basketball is headed. So I wanted to get your take on, you know, obviously the, the guys that have left, but the guys that we got coming in, yeah. plus a great freshman class. Yeah, no doubt. And thanks to the generosity of, of one of our great donors, Kent McCarthy, we're going to have the entire current team at the Friday and Saturday events That's of awesome. round ball, which is really, really so big thanks to Kent and Missy. We appreciate that. But uh, as far as the, uh, uh, the, the take that I have on this roster, I mean, you've got not only as talented of a team in the country as there is, but the experience of that talent, the fact that these are all 22 and 23-year-olds. And what did we say after the national championship? It's hard to get old and yep. stay old. And stay old. Yep. And we're kind of – we're getting old. We haven't really stayed – this is brand new right. old, but it's the way of the world. Yep, it really is. And uh, – 
you know, when I think about the starting lineup, you might have arguably the best point guard in the country. You might have the best lockdown perimeter defender in the country in Kevin McCuller, the best center in the country. All these guys individually at their respective spots might be the best at what they do in the nation. And then you put together the sum of those parts, and, man, does that get exciting. Obviously, you know, you've got some shoes to fill in terms of perimeter shooting, and hopefully we'll be able to do that with, uh, with Timberlake coming in and, and the likes of some of these great freshmen coming in as well. But uh, really excited about the way the roster came together. I, I haven't had a chance to see a ton of Artira Morris play yet, but uh, excited about his athleticism and uh, what he'll bring on the perimeter too. And yeah, because we played Texas three times right. and didn't, didn't get to see him a ton. As much, but, but there's a guy who was a top 20 recruit, goes yep. to Texas. He gets one year under his belt and comes to us, and that's – that, that freshman year is always tough, so not having him as a freshman is fine. You get him, he's a little yep. more weathered and, and more of a vet, and uh, you, you like that. We have a great freshman class. Yeah, uh, El Marco Jackson is the one I'm most excited about, but they're all going to be great, and, and we've got depth. Because what were we missing last year? We just never had the depth, you know, and now we've completely flipped it, and I think we have it now. It just didn't seem like we had the typical firepower – seven through 12 on right. the roster that you've had on most Bill Selfie era teams. And while the firepower this year will be a little bit younger at some of those spots, it definitely looks like it has high upside. And that's really, really we exciting. we got another Brown in the mix, too. We do, yeah. Brown, the way it was his name when I was in college, but now he changed <laughs> it for some reason. I know Jeff Van Gundy said that in the broadcast. I was like, that's a great. It was Donnie Braun, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> I got Wayne Samayan. We're just going to change your name. Okay. Anyway, but you ever call you Wayne Summers anymore? Remember the oh, boom the, the, goes the, the dynamite? Yeah, yeah. Just a boom goes the dynamite guy. And it's interesting. People bring that up from time to time. Wayne Summers. It's not a surprise that that guy's broadcast career never took off. Hockamore. <laughs> no one's was, ever heard of that guy again except for that. Wayne yeah. Summers. But uh, Parker Braun, Brown, uh, who played two years at Missouri, yeah. two years at Santa Clara, Christian's brother, obviously. Will be in the mix. A athletic six foot nine mm-hmm. guy can shoot, can run and jump. And the one thing we needed after the exits of Zuby and Ernest, I mean, you get Hunter, which you lose two. We needed size, yeah. and, and Parker brings that. Uh, Adams will bring it. Uh, so we got a little bit, uh, maybe not enough, but I, I think we we always trust in Bill Self. Man, and the way that uh, he and his staff have just crushed it this spring in recruiting. Uh, to see that invigoration out of coach and his staff, the way they've attacked it, it's so exciting. And, and it's uh, it's it, it's almost like being a general manager now. I mean, it used yeah. to be for years, all through when we were playing, you recruited kids for two or three years, and then you offered them a spot, and they either came or they didn't, and then you were done. And April and May were times to kind of retool and talk about your offense or defense or whatever. Now it's the complete opposite. You, you do sign some kids, but now April and May are – all right, I got to meet this kid on a Friday, offer him a scholarship on it. You get about 24 hours before you got to offer him time-wise. It's just weird. It is. And then in some regards, you got to keep recruiting them throughout the year so that they're there for a second and a third year. It's like they're all operating on, you know, a one-year agreement. But uh, the culture we have here and, uh, you know, what they're seeing as opportunities to compete every single year for a national title, hopefully that – you know, keeps guys for multiple years here because who else in the country has been a one seed for as many times as we've seen Bill Self do it now? I, I went back and looked at Coach K's 
glory years, his, his best run. And, and we're looking, if, if you include 2020, where we would have been the one of one seeds, you know, we're looking at a stretch of one seeds where it was, I believe, 10 and a 17-year stretch of one seeds or 11 and 18 years. And the most that Kay ever had was, was one year shy of that. So nobody in the modern era has ever had this level of consistency for competing for national championships as a one seed on Selection Sunday. And so even though there was a lot of roster overhaul and, and as you said, only three guys coming back, the guys that are coming in realize if I come to Kansas, no matter how long my window is there, I'm going to have a chance that specific year to win it all because that's what Bill Self does at Kansas. And, and on the wall behind us, I don't know if it's in the camera shot or not, you see the dominance at home. They're going to have a chance to play in college basketball's greatest arena with the greatest home court advantage for the best coach today in college basketball. And at other programs, you have to wait for things to kind of line up for a year to make a run at the title. At Kansas, it's literally every year. And, and thanks to another great spring of recruiting, next year is going to be one of those years too. And how about the schedule this year? We look back there and it's the Maui Invitational Surfboard. We're going well before Maui. We're going for eight days to Puerto Rico, which yeah. is which is huge timing because of only three returners. They get ten or twelve extra real practices with the brand new guys, which they'll all be here next week. Then you get. I think we're playing three games in Puerto Rico against men against yeah. like. There's a good chance that, that we, we <laughs> go lose, three. that we go on <laughs> three, and that sounds crazy. But you're playing against the Puerto Rican national team, wherever sure. you play against, they're pros. These are men, and it'll be great for us because it doesn't count. And it might just kind of everyone's going to read the press clippings. All of our new guys are like, ah, oh, we're at Kansas, we're number one, yeah. and I and I've, it'll be interesting to see what what Bill and his staff really want out of this. I know what they want. They want they they probably want to get beat, or they want to at least compete. And hopefully they, they, they pull one out. But uh, we got Puerto Rico. Then we got uh, Chicago. We play Kentucky. Then we've got Indiana at Indiana. We got Missouri and Connecticut at home. The re national champion Connecticut Huskies at home. Then we go to Maui. Wayne and I were talking before the show. The toughest field ever in the history of the Maui Invitational. Like usually, you know, we're the one seed. We play Chaminade. So you're in the semis. I don't know who's going to get Chaminade this year because it's Tennessee, it's Marquette, it's UCLA, it's Gonzaga. Who am I missing? There's two more that are Purdue. really, really good. No Duke. No Purdue. Oh, Purdue, Purdue. Purdue. And, and today's uh, – uh, we're going to find out if Zach Eady comes back. Today's the deadline. It's at midnight tonight here on May 31st, so we'll see if we're going to play against that monster that's seven foot five skilled big guy for purdue greatest maui field ever that's saying something that's like saying greatest cooperstown class ever because they're all good but we'd really have say, to look back and yeah. see if there's anything i mean close. that's that's amazing yeah so we're gonna have a we're gonna have a fun year before we let you go football brian like i said multifaceted does football does basketball all the hawk talks all the baseball so he is mr ku how much uh, can you talk about the Kansas football team? Is it still being constructed, I think? Well, they have added some recent pieces, yeah. yes. But uh, we could talk a lot about what they have because this is going to be one of the most exciting offenses in the country to watch. I think they could score 40 a game. You've got a Heisman Trophy candidate, a legit one, that, that I think could give Kansas its first Heisman finalist since David Janes back in the 1970s. And on top of that, Jalen Daniels is just such a great charismatic personality. He's an excellent leader. Love this guy as the face of KU football. But Lance Leipold has, has provided immediate structure and stability. And for the first time in 20 years, 
every assistant coach is back, which hadn't happened here in two decades. And so you've got the continuity in the coaching, the culture, the players are sticking and staying in a year and an era where everybody looks for greener pastures nowadays with the portal. Guys want to be a part of what Lance Leipold is building. And, you know, with your top five or six receivers back, Devin Neal's a first-team all-league running back from right here in Lawrence, Kansas. The defense obviously lost a couple of key pieces, most notably Lonnie Phelps on the edge, but I like what they've added. In terms of uh, defensive line and pass rush, Jeremy Robinson breakout year. Right. It could be. I'm ready. I love Let's it. Go. I love it. And and I think that that coaching staff on the defensive side knows that this is an opportunity year to really take a big step forward. So uh, we know what we have offensively. We think the defense is going to be much improved. And this is a team that has a great shot to compete for a Big 12 championship, which didn't even seem possible two years ago, you know, let, let alone ten years ago. And first and foremost, for all of you out there, we need. More butts and seats. Come out and support these kids. Thursday night of Labor Day weekend, we, we've actually mm -hmm. moved it. So it used to be on a Friday night, and some people just didn't come. They're going on holiday or whatever. But that game is now going to be 7 p.m. Thursday night leading up to Labor Day weekend. you got no excuses. Come and support. Play Missouri State, I believe, mm -hmm. uh, that Thursday night at Memorial Stadium, and it's going to be a great year. We've got so many great opportunities. We've got some momentum got continuity like you mentioned that that's a huge deal when Lance came here he brought so many of his staff from Buffalo and sometimes they fracture and they go get jobs elsewhere 100% of our assistant coaches are back to where we've had times that we've had quarterbacks that have played four years for four different offensive right. coordinators yeah same on defense so to have that continuity uh I, I, you still got to go out and perform but that's a huge step I think Earl Bostic had six different O-line coaches in the time he was here. Six. So, so it's crazy to think of the revolving door that it's been at times at certain position groups. But you know what? You've got a guy at the top that has made his commitment to Kansas. He wants to be here big picture long term. The staff enjoys working for him. They want to be here long term. And these players are firmly bought in as well. So it's an exciting time. And I know we're on the official – KU podcast, and folks are going to think that, that you know we're being paid to say this. I genuinely believe it in my heart of hearts, and I think you guys do too. We may look back on this window of time we're in right now, 20, 30 years from now, and say, wow, that right there was a golden era in Kansas athletics. When you had Bill Self, Lance Leipold, Brandon Schneider coaching, Ray Bouchard, Mark Francis, Dan Fitzgerald, all these guys and gals, but Travis Goff at the top leading it all, bringing it all together, those – 5, 10, 15 years, that was a golden era. We might and, be living in the midst of it right now. And we're about to build a new football stadium. Right. I mean, it, 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 that, that's coming. Uh, we're doing a ton of work here at Allen Fieldhouse. We're in the men's basketball locker room right now, but uh, there's a lot of stuff. We hear a lot of drills and saws going on right now for this <laughs> progress. Allen Fieldhouse. Progress. It's progress. And like you said, it's going to be great. This is Brian Haney. The voice of the Jayhawks, round ball, rock chalk round ball classic next Thursday, June 8th. Uh, we're going to have the website down below. Is it what, What's the website? Rockchalkroundballclassic.com. .com. Yep. Get there. If you can't make it, give back. It goes to 100% of the money goes back to the kids and the kids' families that are struggling with this awful disease. Uh, looking forward to Puerto Rico. Yeah. We're looking forward to the game. Looking forward to Puerto Rico, Maui. We're going to travel all over the world together. It's going to be great. And then another bowl game. And then another the bowl game. the second time in KU football history. 
back-to-back bowl seasons. That's what's at stake this year. We all believe it's going to happen. Can't wait for the year ahead. Well, this segment with Brian Haney brought to you by the President Hotel, downtown Kansas City. Call Philip Stranod. Check out the downtown hotel that is the one, the President Hotel. We stayed there during the Big 12s. It was great until the championship game, but we couldn't have asked for for a better place to call home. Walk everywhere, stay and play. Give Philip Stranod a call at the President Hotel. This is the Jayhawker Podcast brought to you by the University of Kansas Health System. I am Greg Gurley. This is Wayne Simeon and Brian Haney. Rock Chalk.